section twenty six of psychology of the unconscious by carl jung this librivox recording is in the public domain section twenty six chapter seven part four history teaches in manifold examples how the religious mysteries are liable to change suddenly into sexual orgies because they have originated from an overvaluation of the orgy it is characteristic that this priapic divinity returns again to the old symbol of the snake which in the mystery enters into the faithful fertilizing and spiritualizing them although it originally possessed a phallic significance in the mysteries of the ophites the festival was really celebrated with serpents in which the animals were even kissed compare the caressing of the snake of demeter in the eleusinian mysteries in the sexual orgies of the modern christian sects the phallic kiss plays a very important role unternachrer was an uncultivated crazy peasant and it is unlikely that the orphitic religious ceremonies were known to him the phallic significance is expressed negatively or mysteriously through the serpent which always points to a secret related thought this related thought connects with the mother thus in a dream a patient found the following imagery a serpent shot out from a moist cave and bit the dreamer in the region of the genitals this dream took place at the instant when the patient was convinced of the truth of the analysis and began to free himself from the bond of his mother complex the meaning is i am convinced that i am inspired and poisoned by the mother the contrary manner of expression is characteristic of the dream at the moment when he felt the impulse to go forwards he perceived the attachment to the mother another patient had the following dream during a relapse in which the libido was again wholly introverted for a time she was entirely filled within by a great snake only one end of the tail peeped out from her arm she wanted to seize it but it escaped her a patient with a very strong introversion catatonic state complained to me that a snake was stuck in her throat this symbolism is also used by nietzsche in the vision of the shepherd and the snake and verily what i saw was like nothing i ever saw before i saw a young shepherd writhing choking twitching with a convulsed face from whose mouth hung a black heavy serpent did i ever see so much disgust and pallid fear upon a countenance might he have been sleeping and the snake crept into his mouth there it bit him fast my hand tore at the serpent and tore in vain i failed to tear the serpent out of his mouth then there cried out of me bite bite its head off bite i exclaimed all my horror my hate my disgust my compassion all the good and bad cried out from me in one voice ye intrepid ones around me solve for me the riddle which i saw 
make clear to me the vision of the lonesomest one for it was a vision and a prophecy what did then i behold in parable and who is it who is still to come who is the shepherd into whose mouth crept the snake who is the man into whose throat all the heaviness and the blackest would creep but the shepherd bit as my cry had told him he bit with a huge bite far away did he spit the head of the serpent and sprang up no longer shepherd no longer man a transfigured being an illuminated being who laughed never yet on earth did a man laugh as he laughed oh my brethren i heard a laugh which was no human laughter and now a thirst consumeth me a longing that is never allayed my longing for this laugh eats into me oh how can i suffer still to live and how now can i bear to die the snake represents the introverting libido through introversion one is fertilized inspired regenerated and reborn from the god in hindu philosophy this idea of creative intellectual activity has even cosmogenic significance the unknown original creator of all things is according to rigveda ten one twenty one prajapati the lord of creation in the various brahmas his cosmogenic activity was depicted in the following manner prajapati desired i will procreate myself i will be manifold he performed tapas after he had performed tapas he created these worlds the strange conception of tapas is to be translated according to dusen as he heated himself with his own heat with the sense of he brooded he hatched here the hatcher and the hatched are not two but one and the same identical being as hiranyagava prajapati is the egg produced from himself the world egg from which he hatches himself he creeps into himself he becomes his own uterus becomes pregnant with himself in order to give birth to the world of multiplicity thus prajapati through the way of introversion changed into something new the multiplicity of the world it is of especial interest to note how the most remote things come into contact dusen observes in the degree that the conception of tapas heat becomes in hot india the symbol of exertion and distress the tapo atabayata began to assume the meaning of self-castigation and became related to the idea that creation is an act of self-renunciation on the part of the creator self-incubation and self-castigation and introversion are very closely connected ideas the zosimos vision mentioned above betrays the same train of thought where it is said of the place of transformation that it is in greek the place of discipline we have already observed that the place of transformation is really the uterus absorption in one's self introversion is an entrance into one's own uterus and also at the same time asceticism in the philosophy of the brahmans the world arose from this activity among the post-christian gnostics it produced the revival and spiritual rebirth of the individual who was born into a new spiritual world the hindu philosophy is considerably more daring and logical 
and assumes that creation results from introversion in general as in the wonderful hymn of rigveda ten twenty nine it is said what was hidden in the shell was born through the power of fiery torments from this first arose love as the germ of knowledge the wise found the roots of existence in non-existence by investigating the heart's impulses this philosophical view interprets the world as an emanation of the libido and this must be widely accepted from the theoretic as well as the psychologic standpoint for the function of reality is an instinctive function having the character of biological adaptation when the insane schreber brought about the end of the world through his libido introversion he expressed an entirely rational psychologic view just as schopenhauer wished to abolish through negation holiness asceticism the error of the primal will through which the world was created does not goethe say you follow a false trail do not think that we are not serious is not the kernel of nature in the hearts of men the hero who is to accomplish the rejuvenation of the world and the conquest of death is the libido which brooding upon itself in introversion coiling as a snake around its own egg apparently threatens life with a poisonous bite in order to lead it to death and from that darkness conquering itself gives birth to itself again nietzsche knows this conception how long have you sat already upon your misfortune give heed lest you hatch an egg a basculus egg of your long travail the hero is himself a serpent himself a sacrificer and a sacrificed the hero himself is of serpent nature thereof christ compares himself with the serpent therefore the redeeming principle of the world of that gnostic sect which styled itself the ophite was the serpent the serpent is the agatho and cacko demon it is indeed intelligible when in the germanic saga they say that the heroes had serpents eyes i recall the parallel previously drawn between the eyes of the son of man and those of the tarpeian dragon in the already mentioned mediaeval pictures the dragon instead of the lord appeared in the cup the dragon who with changeful serpent glances guarded the divine mystery of renewed rebirth in the maternal womb in nietzsche the old apparently long extinct idea is again revived ailing with tenderness just as the thawing wind zarathustra sits waiting waiting on his hill sweetened and cooked in his own juice beneath his summits beneath his ice he sits weary and happy a creator on his seventh day silence it is my truth from hesitating eyes from velvety shadows her glance meets mine lovely mischievous the glance of a girl she divines the reason of my happiness she divines me ha what is she plotting a purple dragon lurks in the abyss of her maiden glance woe to thee zarathustra thou seemest like some one who has swallowed gold thy belly will be slit open in this poem nearly all the symbolism is collected which we have elaborated previously from other connections distinct traces of the primitive identity of serpent and hero are still extant in the myth of cecrops 
cecrops is himself half snake half man originally he probably was the athenian snake of the citadel itself as a buried god he is like erechtheus a chthonic snake god above his subterranean dwelling rises the parthenon the temple of the virgin goddess compare the analogous idea of the christian church the casting of the skin of the god which we have already mentioned in passing stands in the closest relation to the nature of the hero we have spoken already of the mexican god who casts his skin it is also told of mani the founder of the manichaean sect that he was killed skinned stuffed and hung up that is the death of christ merely in another mythological form marsyas who seems to be a substitute for attis the sun-lover of cybele was also skinned whenever a scythian king died slaves and horses were slaughtered skinned and stuffed and then set up again in phrygia the representatives of the father god were killed and skinned the same was done in athens with an ox who was skinned and stuffed and again hitched to the plough in this manner the revival of the fertility of the earth was celebrated this readily explains the fragment from the sabazios mysteries transmitted to us by firmicus in greek the bull father of the serpent and the serpent father of the bull the active fructifying upward striving form of the libido is changed into the negative force striving downwards towards death the hero as zodian of spring ram bull conquers the depths of winter and beyond the summer solstice is attacked by the unconscious longing for death and is bitten by the snake however he himself is the snake but he is at war with himself and therefore the descent and the end appear to him as the malicious inventions of the mother of death who in this way wishes to draw him to herself the mysteries however consolingly promise that there is no contradiction or disharmony when life is changed into death nietzsche too gives expression to this mystery here do i sit now that is i am swallowed down by this the smallest oasis it opened up just yawning its loveliest maw agape hail hail to that whale-fish when he for his guests welfare provided thus hail to his belly if he had also such a lovely oasis belly the desert grows woe to him who hides the desert stone grinds on stone the desert gulps and strangles the monstrous death gazes glowing brown and chews his life is his chewing forget not o man burnt out by lust thou art the stone the desert thou art death the serpent symbolism of the last supper is explained by the identification of the hero with the serpent the god is buried in the mother as fruit of the field as food coming from the mother and at the same time as drink of immortality he is received by the mystic or as a serpent he unites with the mystic all these symbols represent the liberation of the libido from the incestuous fixation through which new life is attained the liberation is accomplished under symbols which represent the activity of the incest wish it might be justifiable at this place to cast a glance upon psychoanalysis as a method of treatment in practical analysis it is important first of all to discover the libido lost 
from the control of consciousness it often happens to the libido as with the fish of moses in the mohammedan legend it sometimes takes its course in a marvellous manner into the sea freud says in his important article zur dynamik der Übertragung, the libido has retreated into regression and again revives the infantile images this means mythologically that the sun is devoured by the serpent of the night the treasure is concealed and guarded by the dragon substitution of a present mode of adaptation by an infantile mode which is represented by the corresponding neurotic symptoms freud continues thither the analytic treatment follows it and endeavours to seek out the libido again to render it accessible to consciousness and finally to make it serviceable to reality whenever the analytic investigation touches upon the libido withdrawn into its hiding-place a struggle must break out all the forces which have caused the regression of the libido will rise up as resistance against the work in order to preserve this new condition mythologically this means the hero seeks the lost son the fire the virgin sacrifice or the treasure and fights the typical fight with the dragon with the libido in resistance as these parallels show psychoanalysis mobiles a part of the life processes the fundamental importance of which properly illustrates the significance of this process after siegfried had slain the dragon he meets the father wotan plagued by gloomy cares for the primitive mother erda has placed in his path the snake in order to enfeeble his son he says to erda wanderer all-wise one cares piercing sting by thee was planted in wotan's dauntless heart with fear of shameful ruin and downfall filled was his spirit by tidings thou didst foretell art thou the world's wisest of women till to me now how a god may conquer his care erda thou art not what thou hast said it is the same primitive motive which we meet in wagner the mother has robbed her son the sun-god of the joy of life through a poisonous thorn and deprives him of his power which is connected with the name isis demands the name of the god erda says thou art not what thou hast said but the wanderer has found the way to conquer the fatal charm of the mother the fear of death the eternal's downfall no more dismays me since their doom i willed i leave to thee loveliest volsung gladly my heritage now to thee ever young in gladness yieldeth the god these wise words contain in fact the saving thought it is not the mother who has placed the poisonous worm in our path but our libido itself wills to complete the course of the sun to mount from morn to noon and passing beyond noon to hasten towards evening not at war with itself but willing the descent and the end nietzsche's zarathustra teaches i praise thee my death the free death which comes to me because i want it and when shall i want it he who has a goal and an heir wants death at the proper time for his goal and his heir and this is the great noonday when man in the middle of his course stands between man and superman and celebrates his path towards evening as his highest hope 
because it is the path to a new morning he who is setting will bless his own going down because it is a transition and the sun of his knowledge will be at high noon siegfried conquers the father wotan and takes possession of brunhilde the first object that he sees is her horse then he believes that he beholds a mail-clad man he cuts to pieces the protecting coat of mail of the sleeper overpowering when he sees it is a woman terror seizes him my heart doth falter and faint on whom shall i call that he may help me mother mother remember me can this be fearing o mother mother thy dauntless child a woman lieth asleep and she now has taught him to fear awaken awaken holiest maid then life from the sweetness of lips will i win me e'en though i die in a kiss in the duet which follows the mother is invoked o mother hail who gave thee thy birth the confession of brunhilde is especially characteristic o oh, knewest thou joy of the world how i have ever loved thee thou wert my gladness my care wert thou thy life i sheltered or ere it was thine or ere thou wert born my shield was thy guard the pre-existence of the hero and the pre-existence of brunhilde as his wife-mother are clearly indicated from this passage siegfried says in confirmation then death took not my mother bound in sleep did she lie the mother imago which is the symbol of the dying and resurrected libido is explained by brunhilde to the hero as his own will thyself am i if blessed i be in thy love the great mystery of the logos entering into the mother for rebirth is proclaimed with the following words by brunhilde o siegfried siegfried conquering light i'd loved thee ever for i divined the thought that wotan had hidden the thought that i dared not to whisper that all unclearly glowed in my bosom suffered and strove for which i flouted him who conceived it for which in penance prisoned i lay while thinking it not and feeling only for in my thought oh should you guess it was only my love for thee the erotic similes which now follow distinctly reveal the motive of rebirth siegfried a glorious flood before me rolls with all my senses i only see its buoyant gladdening billows though in the deep i find not my face burning i long for the water's balm and now as i am spring in the stream o oh, might its billows engulf me in bliss the motive of plunging into the maternal water of rebirth baptism is here fully developed an allusion to the terrible mother imago the mother of heroes who teaches them fear is to be found in brunhilde's words the horsewoman who guides the dead to the other side fearest thou siegfried fearest thou not the wild furious woman the orgiastic okide moraturis resounds in brunhilde's words laughing let us be lost laughing go down to death and in the words light giving love laughing death is to be found the same significant contrast the further destinies of siegfried are those of the invictus the spear of the gloomy one-eyed hagen 
strikes siegfried's vulnerable spot the old son who has become the god of death the one-eyed wotan smites his offspring and once again ascends in eternal rejuvenation the course of the invincible sun has supplied the mystery of human life with beautiful and imperishable symbols it became a comforting fulfilment of all the yearning for immortality of all desire of mortals for eternal life man leaves the mother the source of libido and is driven by the eternal thirst to find her again and to drink renewal from her thus he completes his cycle and returns again into the mother's womb every obstacle which obstructs his life's path and threatens his ascent wears the shadowy features of the terrible mother who paralyzes his energy with the consuming poison of the stealthy retrospective longing in each conquest he wins again the smiling love and life-giving mother images which belong to the intuitive depths of human feeling the features of which have become mutilated and irrecognizable through the progressive development of the surface of the human mind the stern necessity of adaptation works ceaselessly to obliterate the last traces of these primitive landmarks of the period of the origin of the human mind and to replace them along lines which are to denote more and more clearly the nature of real objects End of section twenty six